0: And it's called My Testimony. And I pray that this song really is each and every one of your testimony here. Um, but first, I want to read a scripture. And it starts starting in Luke chapter 10. So, Jesus had just sent out the 72. If you know that story, he sent out 72 disciples, so to speak. Yes, there, there, are, there are other people that follow Jesus besides 12, okay? And he sent out 70, in verse 1 it says, that After this the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. Okay? And he sent them out with power to perform miracles in his name. To tell people, to, to prepare the way for Jesus coming. And he told them, listen, some people are going to reject you. He gave them instructions for that as well, but he gave them power to perform miracles in his name. And when they came, I'm going to skip down here to verse 17. When they returned, it says the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were just amazed by that. And then in verse 18, Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Yes. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. Yes. Christ, your name is written forever in heaven. You can go ahead and have a seat. Welcome to Westgate Chapel. Man, what a way to start off the morning. We are so excited you chose to worship with us today. If you are a first time guest, please check out the Visitor Center. We've got something, just a small gift for you, just a way uh, we can welcome you here to Westgate. And also, for everyone, we've got the connection cards in the pew in front of you. And also, you can check out the app um, or, or go online. Um, it's. Uh, we've, it's again all all the ways you can connect with uh, here at Westgate and find out what's going on here at Westgate as well. Again, welcome, and we've got a lot of stuff going on. But something really excited, I'm, uh, or something I'm really excited about. Take a look at the
1: screen. Good morning and welcome to Westgate Chapel. We are so glad you chose to worship with us today. My name is Evan, and I'm on the worship team here at Westgate. Thanks for joining us. Winters here. Are you looking for something to break the monotony of winter's dark and dreary days? Then we've got a special night for you. Mark your calendars and make plans to join us for a night of worship February 23rd from 6 to 7:30 pm. You're invited as we worship together through song, scripture and prayer, and for the first time ever at Westgate we will be doing a live recording of Westgate original songs and other favorites. Invite your neighbors, your friends, and your families for a night of worship and fellowship. That's all for this week, but that's not all that we've got going on at Westgate. If you're looking for more details about what's happening, you can check out our Westgate app or head over to our website at westgatechapel.org events. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, too. We'd love to connect with you there. Enjoy the service.
0: Yes, that is something I'm really excited about. My name is Adam. I'm the worship arts pastor here, if you didn't know that. Uh, most, most of you do, but whatever. Anyway, um, I again, I'm really excited about that. We really, really want to encourage you to come out, bring your friends, bring your family, bring, bring your neighbors, and invite people to come and worship with us. That's what the whole night's going to be centered on. I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. Um, for now, why don't we stand up? Man, y'all, the first service did the same thing. Man, everybody stand up. We get some jumping jacks. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody stand up. Greet someone around you, and maybe tell them what your favorite worship song is.
2: All right. Good morning, everybody. All right. We're still, we could literally do this all day. This is good. I'm going to try one more time. Good morning, everybody. Oh, yes. It is so good to be uh, together this morning. Uh, If we haven't had the opportunity to meet, my name is Rob Zimmerman. I'm the lead pastor here at Westgate, and I'm excited that you're here to worship with us uh, today. We've got uh, a lot of great things going on this morning and this afternoon. I'm super excited to be here with you. Uh, Very special morning uh, as we've got our annual meeting taking place at the close of the service and we're going to take this morning to celebrate some of the awesome things that we have seen God doing in our church so i'm very uh, very excited about that uh, as At the close of our second service today, hopefully you will plan on sticking around and joining us we 're going to have a big family lunch over in the gymnasium and i 'd love to invite you, whether you registered or not, to come over and to join us uh, as we 'll be not only enjoying lunch but sharing a few more of the things that we have seen God doing in our church uh, aside from what we will share together here this morning in our service and so uh, as we get started, I wanted to uh, just remind you of where we've been the last couple weeks. We've been in a series entitled "Nearsightedness" and, and or "Nearsighted." And as we talk about this idea of being nearsighted, the definition that we have been using uh, for the purposes of our series is this: is that we said nearsightedness is a human condition in which we tend to focus on circumstances that are right in front of us at the expense of missing the best of what God has for us. In our Christian experience and in our lives, it is very easy to get so focused on so many other things other than the Lord that we actually miss seeing the best of what he has for us and following in what he has for us. And in our first week together, you'll remember that we talked about The fact that nearsightedness fails to see the brokenness of our human condition, and what it does is it embraces sin over God's best for our life. That the first way that we experience this condition of nearsightedness is that we get so wrapped up in the sin and things of this world that we, we we separate ourselves from God and we miss out on the best of what he has. You'll remember that we took a look at Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, the place where uh, our nearsightedness truly began, and how their rejection of God, seeking to find something that is better outside of his plan for their life, is what led to that brokenness, and yet it seems as though mankind ever since has been in the search of trying to find the most happy and most fulfilled life possible and yet never quite able to grab onto it. And that's because when we walk away from God's plan and we look for our satisfaction in the things of this world, they always fall short compared to him. But we also talked last week about how as we have surrendered our hearts to Christ and chosen to follow him and say that we desire his best for our lives, we said last week as well though that nearsightedness can also limit how God uses us. And you'll remember that we took a look at the life of Moses. Moses is one of those guys that God called to do really big things. You'll remember that we said that God's call on our life is not just a call to salvation but it is also a call to be partner with him in his kingdom work throughout this world spreading the good news of the gospel and God comes to Moses in the Old Testament and says Moses not only have I called you to be my own but I'm calling you to do something big and something great which was to take the Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh and to rescue them and to take them out in God's strength and power, and to move them to the promised land. And yet, Moses threw up every single roadblock he could possibly imagine. All of his fear, all of his insecurity, all of his feeling like he didn't have what it took. Even at the very end, as we look in his last response to God, and his list of excuses as to why he can't do what God is asking, he essentially says, God, I just don't want to do it and how t- how much is that our ex- experience in the Christian life at times where god calls us to join him in his kingdom work and we don't move with him because of our fear because of our insecurity because of our feeling as though we're not enough or even because we have become so enamored with so many other things outside of god that we just don't want to participate we have other priorities we talked about this last week and we talked about our penchant for pushing away from the things of god in that sense But we also talked about three ways, three things that we need to understand if we're going to move past that sense of nearsightedness. And they were these three things. The first was this, is that the greatest roadblock that we face in the Christian life is a divided heart that acknowledges God but that focuses on worldly pursuits. You see this rampant in our culture today. It is very easy to say, I believe in God, and yet live with hearts that are more concerned about our own fulfillment in the things of the world than to truly pursue God and his purposes for our life. The most important work that needs to be done in our lives is is literally a surgery of our hearts that have been divided to where we give all of our heart to the Lord and follow hard after what he desires. We also have to understand after that that the life God is calling us to live is one that is impossible by ourselves. That literally, we don't have the strength to do God-sized things on our own, whether that's in our own relationship with him or the work that we're doing with him in this world. We are not strong enough, but the third and most important point was this, is that the life God does call us to live is absolutely possible by the power of God's spirit who lives in you that God is the one. It's not our own human strength or our own talents or abilities, but it is literally the very spirit of God dwelling inside of us who gives us supernatural power to do the things that God has called us to do. Therefore, what God is telling us is it's not you, it's me. I will do it through you as you allow yourself to be my vessel. When we understand, though, this truth, it is the very thing that enables us to dream big dreams and to trust God uh, that he will come through on our behalf. And I want to challenge us as a church as we take a look at our year, as we talk about our five-year vision together, to be a church that is willing to dream big dreams, to understand that the things that God is calling us to may seem at times beyond ourselves, but in his strength and his power, he will accomplish everything that he desires to do when we surrender our hearts to him. You know, as we developed our five-year vision as a church, uh, literally two and a half years ago, as I began the process of praying and talking with our staff and talking with our leadership, as I started to think about what God might possibly be calling us to, there was a lot of fear in me. And a lot of that fear was a fear of failure. Lord, if we step out into this thing, what if I fail? What if I'm not enough? What if we're not enough? What if we're not surrendered enough? How will that look? What will people say? And I myself felt at times like Moses, like are we sure we should do these types of things or say these types of things? Because God, it's gonna require you. And I have learned as I have gone on this journey to put my own faith and trust in the Lord. But the vision that he was giving to me and to our leadership was very simple. Three parts to the five-year vision. Is this number one? He was giving me a vision of a church that would put him first in all things. I desire to see Westgate be a church that isn't just caught up in what I would call our culture's way of doing Christianity, but that our hearts would truly be devoted to the Lord, and that because of that, our lives would align to his purposes. But one of the greatest obstacles that we face is that so much of the Christian experience in our culture today is about what I can get for myself out of the Christian experience. You see, the Christian life is really not meant to be about what can I get when I go to church. Can I get the good music? Can I get a warm message that makes me feel good? Uh, can, you know, can I have the right relationships and connections? The whole purpose that God has given us this place is to be a place where we gather together to worship him to grow deeper in him, and to allow him to transform our lives. You see, our culture has made church uh, about how we can get something out of it. It's become very consumeristic. But God is calling us to be a church that puts him first, that when we walk in these doors, it's about him. It's about worshiping him. It's about saying, God, how can I join you in the things that you are doing? Not only has he given us a vision of putting him first in our lives, but also a vision of a church that is growing because people are coming to faith in Jesus. I can remember as we were in the development of this vision that I kept sitting down and reading the very beginning of the book of Acts, and when you read that it says that that after Peter gives his incredible message of the gospel to the people, it says that 3,000 people were added to their number that day. And as I kept reading that over and over again, I kept asking myself the question, God, could it possibly be again today in our world and in our culture that we could see a movement of you and a movement of your spirit that is so powerful that church growth would take place not because we're being an attractional ministry and trying to woo people with lights or with with music or good messages but that because people are coming to a saving knowledge of your son could that possibly happen again and you know what the biggest obstacle in that area was for me Is that I've looked at the history of our church over the last 14 years with very, very few people making first-time decisions to follow Christ. And as I dreamed about this, it felt like this huge, huge uh, hurdle to overcome. Could we ever possibly be a church that is growing because people are coming to a saving faith of Jesus Christ? Thirdly, and lastly, we had a vision of being a church that is ascending church. A church that once again is passionate about developing and equipping followers of Jesus Christ who are willing to say yes and follow wherever it is that God would lead. Whether that's into full-time ministry or serving the Lord overseas as missionaries and international workers. And the biggest obstacle we face in that is, is the question of do people want to go? It is very easy in our lives as Christians to prioritize comfort over calling to say, I don't know about doing that because it would take a lot of shifting of my life. And so we never consider whether or not God would put that call in our life. But I believe that that is what God is calling us to. That's why we began a year and a half ago this five-year vision entitled Deep Roots in Broad Reach because we believe that God is calling us to go deeper in our relationship with him, the surrender of our hearts. And as we do, I believe the natural outflow of that will be a broad reach. People that are submitted to what God wants for their lives, moving the removing the blinders of nearsightedness and seeing God and who he is and his power and how he can use us and trusting in that. And today... What we want to do in our service is celebrate the things that we have seen God doing, the way that he has been moving in us over this past year, fulfilling what he has called us to do. But I want us as well to continue to dream big about how God can use each one of us. Because I believe the best of what God has for Westgate Chapel is in the years to come. And we have only begun to see the incredible ways that He is going to work. And so this morning, I want to begin by talking about one aspect of our Deep Roots Broad Reach vision. When we talk about deep roots, as we talk about growing deeper roots in our relationship with Christ, we believe that that's most effectively accomplished when we are growing deeper roots in relationship with others. It's the reason that we've prioritized life groups at Westgate Chapel. We believe that life groups are one of the best ways to grow deeper with Christ and also deeper with each other. We believe that the greatest spiritual growth takes place in our lives when we are connected relationally in community with other believers. And I want to invite uh, right now uh, one of our life groups to come here and to join me on the platform is I want them to share just a little bit of their own experience with you this morning. But as they come, what I want you to hear is this, is that in our life groups, what we prioritize at Westgate is studying God's word, truly doing life together and caring for one another. There have been so many great testimonies and stories that I have heard coming from our groups where people are growing deeper in the word, where people are doing literally life together, having fun, like my life group, throwing axes at things. Like, man, I don't know a better way to grow spiritually than to throw axes together. Um, Or, most importantly, caring for each other and being the community that God designed for us to be. And I think as a pastor, one of the most beautiful things especially being in a large church that I could ever hear, is how so many of you in your life groups are caring for one another deeply. It's impossible for me and for our church uh, pastors and leaders to be able to do all of that care ourselves. But you have learned to care for one another well, and the testimonies have been incredibly beautiful. And so I've got this life group that's up here with me. This is uh, the Burroughs Life Group, and uh, this is the one that I talk about often because as I'm going to ask them what one of their favorite things about their group is uh, and the best part of being a part of this life group, I believe it's the Texas barbecue that they get to enjoy on a regular basis because of Pastor Adam. Would you guys agree? Is it good? Is it good? So if you're looking for a life group, get to know these guys, like (laughs) saddle up next to them sometime after church, say, hey, I need a friend, Um, and and, uh, nobody will judge you, I promise. But uh, I want to say this this morning, is that uh, I'd love to ask you guys first and most importantly, what is the best part about being in this life group together? What is the best part of uh, having this community
3: Alrighty, uh, my name is Chip Reeves, this is my wife Rachel, this is Esther, and Ezra is running around somewhere in class. Anyway, um, the best part would be uh, being surrounded by God-centered people and families uh, who are in the same season of life uh, that you're in. It's nice to be, you know, talk about the same situations and trials that we're all facing together.
4: Um, I could go on and on. There's like when we were given this question, I had like a million things, but I know these guys will hit it up. But um, for me personally, it has been such a sweet blessing for our marriage because um, it's not always easy to get the kids bundled up at six o'clock to get them over to the church for life group, um, and I don't always want to do it. But um, in being obedient to that yes, that commitment that we made to our life group, um, it has just it's it's a time of um, just undistracted fellowship with one another. Um, and it, it's been really great for our marriage.
2: That's great. Let me ask this question. How would you say that God has used this group to uh, grow your guys' faith uh, to be a su- and also to be a support and encouragement to each other?
5: Um, I think for the support aspect, um, it is so nice, kind of like Rachel said, it is so nice to come in and be able to have these conversations and Sometimes you feel like it's a lot to bring to the group, but usually they are all going through it at a different point. So they are kind of, we're all able to help each other walk through those things. Um, And also I know it's challenged me and Zach to have conversations that we wouldn't have had, um, good and bad. So that's helped our marriage a lot. Um, And also for our kids, I think there's, we're definitely outnumbered. Our kids definitely are outnumbering us. So it's so nice that they can, um, kind of have each other and have parents that are also Christians raising them. So such a great support there. Um, and, yeah, just for honestly a lot of questions, even faith questions about the Bible or how to share our faith. It's so nice to bring that to the group um, and help them encourage us how to, like, share our faith with people or where to go in the Bible for certain questions mm-hmm. or answers. So um, it is it is just awesome, and it is a huge support system for us every day and every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Talk about, (laughs) I look at that picture and I go, it
2: it takes a a tribe. (laughs) Uh,
3: Yeah, so so growing our faith, um, how the Life Group really helped us with growing our faith is, I think, more than anything, uh, when I think about it, is just how to share our faith. Whenever Jess and I joined the Life Group, I think that was something that uh, we never did. Um, And I know that sounds terrible, but at the same time, maybe we just never knew how to do it. Uh, We didn't know that it was... Uh, necessarily super important, Uh, but through talking with these guys and through just growing with them, um, we're able to feel much more comfortable with sharing our faith, uh, not only with our family, our friends, even throughout our life group sharing our faith, um, but also kind of in the community, um, just with the people we meet every single day, uh, just being that light Um, for anybody that we come in contact with, um, just being that Christian, uh, showing them what it's like to live that Christian life um, and helping them through it as well. That's awesome. So, I have some notes. <laughs> I'm going to answer the first question. <laughs> the best part about being in the life group, hands down, is the summer picnic at Adams because of his awesome beef brisket. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: best part, absolutely. Excellent.
2: It takes you deeper with the Lord, is what it you're really, saying. It really, it really does. <laughs> yeah. Good.
3: And, and then I, I just have some <clears throat> some notes about uh, how has the group, how has God used the group to grow your faith, and be a support and encouragement. So God has worked through the people in the group to help weather the storm. So what do I mean by that? I mean, all of us are in a similar season in life. We all have young children, and as many of you may know who have gone through this, it's, it's challenging, it's tough. Uh, s- sleepless nights, health issues, physical exhaustion, financial stresses, strains to the marriage, dealing with behavior issues with the children, just to name a few. So being a part of the life group is a great reminder that we're not alone in the storm. We're all going through this together. We meet every other Thursday, usually. Usually. <laughs> Most weeks, uh, most months, and it, it, it's just a great reminder that we're all, we're all in this together, and we all have similar challenges, and God and the group are there for us.
2: That's awesome. What would you say if uh, you were to encourage uh, people who might be on the bubble with joining a life group? They're not sure they want to dive in. What would you say?
4: I'd say um, that I was there, so I totally get it. Um, that I was attending this church for many years and I wasn't connecting to anything or any group or serving in any way, didn't know anybody. Um, And then one day we had the opportunity to join this life group and I was like, I I don't know. Like, this is really intimidating. Pastor Adam, Marlena, there's some people that are on the worship arts team. They're up here singing. Um, Other people on staff, like on... Who am I to join this life group? I don't have a huge knowledge of the word of God. And my husband reminded me that um, you should surround yourself with the people that you want to be like. So we took a leap of faith and we joined the group and it's just been such a huge blessing. Um, We've grown in our faith and I've grown in my relationship with the Lord. And just to have a community of people that are there to pray for you and with you and for you to pray for them, it just makes a huge difference. Um, And then uh, another extra bonus blessing that we got personally is two of the families in this life group are actually our neighbors um, that we didn't know. And it's been so great just to go on a quick walk in the morning and just to have that community.
2: That's awesome. Would you thank all of them for coming and sharing with us this morning? You guys are great. So, you know, if you learned anything Good barbecue can help you grow in a relationship with Jesus. I believe that wholeheartedly. I do. I do. Put your spirit in the right mood to receive. But as well, hopefully what you're hearing is that some of the greatest ways that God grows us deeper in our faith is when we are connected relationally with each other. You know, we put out and we said that one of the things that we wanted to do by focusing on life groups as a church is that we would see 80% of adults actively involved in a life group uh, over a five-year period. That was the goal that we set out. And I want to tell you that this past year we've seen 50 uh, new people join a life group in 2023. It's been exciting to see more people getting involved. We have a total of 39 life groups currently in our church. uh, And that equals to 434 total adults in our church that are actively participating in a life group. Praise God for that. It's cool to see how many people are getting connected and I want to tell you, if you're not connected in a group, man, you can have that same experience of community and connection and growth and being a part. Over the first year and a half when we began the uh, Vision Initiative, we had about 48% of our adult population here at Westgate that was active uh, in a life group. Today, uh, we are sitting somewhere around 62% of people connected, and so that's exciting. And one of the best things, too, we just had our life group sign-up event last week, and if I'm correct, we added 20 25 more people just last week here at the beginning of January, and we also launched four new life groups. So praise God, those numbers are going up. Uh, that we talked about more people getting involved and connected. Now, I also want us to talk about that's that's uh, all about us growing deeper roots in relationship with the Lord, but also in relationship with each other. But we also want to talk about something we talk about all the time here at Westgate, which is uh, what I call neighboring. It's a part of our idea of having a broad reach. Here's the deal, neighboring at Westgate is intentionally building relationships with people in our circles so that they will know the love of Jesus personally. And when we began our five-year vision initiative, we said that we wanted to see 250 people uh, over a five-year period who uh, were following the Lord in baptism or making a first-time profession of faith in Him. And let me tell you what we saw in 2023. It's pretty significant. 43 people this past year were baptized here at Westgate, which is exciting. That is double the regular number that we have seen. But even more importantly than that, I believe, is that we saw... 65 people make a first-time profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Isn't that, praise God for that. God is good and God is moving. And I want to tell you something. Here's why that number is so significant to me. I went and I looked at our annual reports with, the, with our denomination for the past eight years. We have not had that many people in an eight-year period make a first-time profession of faith. And as we have talked about neighboring together as a church, as you have taken serious God's call to share your faith with other people, this is the type of fruit that we are beginning to see. As we yield our heart to the Lord, God is moving and drawing people to himself. And I want to encourage you in that light. I also want to share an encouraging testimony with you this morning. I'm going to invite uh, Mike Behan and Zach to come and join me on uh, platform, if, if you guys would. Would you welcome them as they come uh, this morning as well? When we talk about neighboring, you got to uh, meet Zach uh, specifically uh, during one of our baptisms this past year. And Zach and his wife Jenna uh, were baptized Uh, pretty soon after making the decision to follow Jesus uh, as their Lord and Savior. And uh, it was exciting to hear that testimony of what God was doing, but it was in such a short little little snippet that I wanted us to get a little bit more of the picture because, Zach, you shared with us during your baptism that there was kind of this seven-year period where you and Mike were having a back-and-forth conversation about God, and there was a little bit of pushback you might have been given as well. Uh, And here's the deal. Most of us would give up when it takes that long, right? We kind of live in this culture that we want immediate results. And, like, if we were sharing our faith, seven years feels like a long time, and many people would give up. But I love the testimony that you guys have of how you were just trusting and and, and having a conversation, Mike, how you were trusting the Lord. And I would ask you, Zach, to share with us just a, a little bit of your own testimony. As you guys talked over a seven-year period what are some of the roadblocks that you were working through personally when it came to uh, giving your heart and your life to Christ?
6: Uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of the roadblocks were um, you know, justifying my sin. Uh, I was struggling with addiction uh, during that seven years. I was struggling with addiction. Um, I was living a very sinful life, and even to the point where looking at other religions that fit my sin, um, I would go with those, and Mike <laughs> would always uh, be that, that beacon, if you will. He, um, you know, Mike was a Christian, and knowing deep in my soul uh, Jesus Christ was the God and all those things, and knowing that because of situations where You know, my daughter's open heart surgery. I prayed to. I didn't pray to any other deity or anything like that. I prayed to Jesus. And hey, if I if you're there and you can hear me and I'm worth hearing, help me out here. You know, uh, bad fire. It was like, hey, Jesus, get us out of this. You know. So knowing that and knowing that it was true and trying to justify my own sin, um, Mike was always there. And uh, (coughs) in that time, you know. I wanted, I wanted to justify my sin and so I would uh, have debates with Mike or I would ask Mike questions and um, every once in a while I'd be like, ah, I got him this time. I got Mike. And he'd be like, nope. And he would quote scripture or he would uh, just be deadpan and consistent with it. Um, and then the biggest thing that... Uh, becoming a father and becoming a husband i realized that um, my sin doesn't matter and i need i'm responsible for them and their salvation as well and i need to uh, go to the right side and follow jesus christ
2: that's awesome you know as i think about that seven-year journey together and as you shared in the first service like the banter back and forth of Mike giving you answers, being frustrated with his answers yeah. uh, as well. But then, Mike, seven years, man. That's, that's a long time. And as I said, some people just give up. And they go, well, it, it feels like a lost cause. But what was different for you as you were sharing your faith with, uh, with your buddy, Zach?
7: I think what was different is, I mean, first of all, it's just been amazing to see God work in Zach's life. Yeah. And just how God has pursued him. Um, over this time. um, It's just interesting how just general random comments have the ability to be turned into questions. And then questions lead to conversations. And then conversations finally lead to a commitment from Zach to the person who's, to the one who's been pursuing him
2: this entire time. And that's, that's just been amazing. That's awesome. To see how God has worked and how God has moved. And Zach, I'd ask you, uh, since you and Jenna made that decision to follow Christ, uh, could you share with us maybe, like, what are some of the things that you have seen God doing in your life? What difference has Christ made? And what are some of the joys that you guys have been experiencing as you've trusted your life to him?
6: Well, like I, like I said this morning, um, we don't have enough time for, <laughs> to list all of those great things that God's done for us. But I'll, I'll hit the big ones. Um, first off is our marriage. We had the best marriage you could have without God. And having God in our lives and having Jesus in our lives and, um, mm-hmm. you know, following him, that our marriage has never been better and it, can, and it continues to get better. Um, and it's amazing that a power couple and an excellent marriage um, was nothing without God. And now that we have God, quality of time is reading the Bible together, growing together spiritually and following Jesus. Um, another one would be that um, we were very materialistic people. We, we were looking at mansions in Sylvania instead of, and now we're looking at, we bought a farm in the middle of nowhere, and we were materialistic people. We'll get this, and we'll be happy, and then you would get it, and you wouldn't be happy, and it, what's yeah. the next thing? And now we have everything that we do is in service of God, and um, we're content. That's awesome. That is such a cool testimony.
2: Well, guys, uh, I know that there are people here this morning that uh, still, we all struggle with fear and insecurity when it comes to sharing our faith with other people, especially thinking that we may not have all the answers. Uh, What would each of you say to encourage people uh, when it comes to sharing uh, Christ with the people that God has placed in their circles?
7: I think what's tough is that a lot of the times we think we're either going to say something stupid or sound stupid, and what we don't understand is where God is working in other people's lives and the words that you may have might be exactly what they need to hear at that moment in time. And it might take a long time mm. or it might take the next day. Who knows? But we have the good news of Jesus Christ in us to a world that so desperately needs to hear it. Mm. And we're supposed to be ambassadors of the one who saved us.
1: Yeah.
6: I would definitely say... Um Mike's consistency was a huge, huge thing. Um, uh, as I said this morning in morning service, I'm on the fire department, and there's 70 other guys on our roster, and um, Mike is always, ah, uh, that's the Christian. You know, he why why did he do that? It's because he's a Christian, you know. And um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be one of those things. I'd be angry or fearful or. Um, stressed, and Mike would be like, "Hey, man, give it to Jesus Christ." I'm like, "Not now, Mike. Not now. You know, and <laughs> I, I, not right now, Mike." Or you know, something good would happen. Oh, man, that's Jesus Christ, and you're like, "It is, though." <laughs> it was. It was Jesus Christ, <laughs> and uh, you know the, that consistency, and then that openness, and um, you know, I had what I thought were doozies uh, and he would quote scripture and man, I got him this time. And he was never upset. He was never angry or offended. It was just, Nope, this is it. This is why narrow path, you know, all of those things. And, huh, okay. And, um, when I made that decision, I was, it felt safe to talk to Mike and because he was consistent, he was always that, that Christian, that, showed it and lived it and he was spirit filled and then um something i forgot to add this morning that i should is he didn't just get me to these doors hand me a bible and say all right jesus has got the rest you know he he checked in on us he uh got me into bible study at wednesday mornings all those things and basically helped me build my foundation as a christian and you know My wife had a lot of questions, and she was super excited. We didn't know where to start. And uh, Jen Behan, you know, he made his family open to us in order to grow in Christ. That's awesome. And that's a big thing is don't just get us to the door and hand us a Bible. This church, everybody in this church, ushered us in, helped us build our foundation, and we appreciate it.
2: Praise God. Thank you guys for sharing this morning. What a great testimony. Things only God can do when we put our heart and our trust in him and we believe that he will move and he will work through us. You know, it was just a few months ago that we, as a church, we talked about who are the people that God has placed in your circles and you'll see on the screen that we said that there are 151 different people, different households that we were praying for. We had you come forward and put a dot on the map representing those households. Uh, I know it's 151 because I counted each one meticulously about 20 times because I'm getting old and I kept forgetting where I was. But uh, we did get to it, 151 different households, probably in the realm of three to 400 plus people that we have said we are praying for regularly that God has placed in our circles. And my prayer is that in this coming year, we will continue to see fruit from those people that you are praying for and asking God to give you an opportunity to share with them. And I'd encourage you today, Are there things that are still holding you back? Are there insecurities that you have? What can you do to trust God that he will give you everything that you need as you step out in faith to share Christ with others? Well, not only have we been talking about personal neighboring and the people that God has put in our circles, but as a church, we've been talking about what we call Westgate neighboring, and that's reaching the one to two mile radius that surrounds our church. And uh, we have been looking for ways that we can uniquely get connected within our community to make relationships and build relationships with people we normally wouldn't have touch with. And I'm going to invite a few people to come and join me here on stage as well. We've been doing this through partnerships with people like Door Elementary. Uh, We have developed a sweet relationship there where we have uh, shared with you some of the ways in which we have built relationships and had the opportunity to share Christ with people. Uh, But one of the unique ways we have also done so is by starting a ministry here called Mom Life. The purpose behind Mom Life was to provide a group, a a community for moms of children that are birthed through preschool, recognizing it's a very unique season in life where people are looking for help and looking for community and people to care for them. But also we see it as an opportunity to share the gospel because we want this ministry to not just be something that will take care of the needs of people within our church, but that will provide an opportunity for people from our community that don't know Jesus to come in and to hear about the incredible impact he can make in their lives with a mom life this year we began just back in september we have got 42 moms that are uh, already involved and engaged the group is growing we're hearing people talk about a, a deeper desire to get involved and be a part 20 percent of those who are involved don't come from westgate chapel they're not connected to our church many of them don't know the lord and so we're excited to continue to see where this goes but i wanted to have uh, each of these ladies share with you a little bit about that and shannon you have been a participant in mom life and could you maybe share with us just the impact impact that this ministry has made on your life.
5: Uh, yes, so for me personally, um, there was a big chunk of the start of my parenting that was in the pandemic, and we were told to stay home, isolate, don't socialize, lock it in. And then when we came out, all of us, younger parents, have been faced with these unique and controversial challenges, and it has been lonely and it has been hard. And Mom's Life has given us an opportunity to come and sit at tables together, and we get to give and receive support that's rooted in faith. Mm-hmm. And we can trust that the people at our table are all there for the same thing, and we're all giving each other that positive support. And it's been a blessing to fill my cup with that twice a month.
2: That's awesome. And Leanne, you serve as a table mom, and so you help oversee one of the tables. And would you maybe share what are some of the things that you're excited about that you've seen God doing since the ministry has started?
8: Yeah, so what I'm most excited about is kind of what Sharon was talking about. Uh, sorry. You're Um <laughs> uh, And so I have seen that there is support and connection happening at my table already, as I see the woman experiencing and giving, um, just love to one another, I would say. And it's been beautiful. And just this week, I even tangibly have seen it happening. So I started a group text um, just so that I could send out reminders and informations to the ladies. And yet one young mom was struggling with feeding her toddler this week. And so she sent out a text asking for advice from our group. And it was just beautiful to see the woman um, sending messages of support, letting her know she's not alone, um, encouraging her, giving her some really good practical advice, as well as sending her links to resources that she could use. And the fun thing was, later, she sent us a picture of her child eating table food, and so we could all rejoice together. Um, And also this week, the ladies sent each other pictures of their snow days with their cute, adorable children, which is also fun. And this last meeting, we had a new lady who does not go to church, who happened to come to Mum Life. And I found out actually this morning that it was an accident. She thought she was going to a parenting class, and she ended up at Mum Life. But I have texted her a couple of times, and this week I actually said to her, hey, you want to join our group text? And she agreed. And so one of the other moms created a new group, and um, it was just so sweet to see all the moms on our group just sending her messages of welcoming her to our group. So I'm excited. I'm excited because as Rob said, we're supposed to be um, getting deep roots in relationship with one another and I'm starting to see that happen already.
2: That is awesome. And Maggie uh, Maggie George has been one of uh, our uh, people on the leadership team helping to lead this ministry. And Maggie, what has excited you and what are some of the needs that you've seen arising as we this, this ministry grows in momentum?
9: Yeah, one of the things that has been really exciting for me to get to witness has just been um, the change over, we've, we've met together like seven times. It's not that frequently, like it hasn't been that much yet, but yet I've watched the relationships and the conversations go from um, nice to meet you, how old are your kids, to really honest and vulnerable things that we're walking through. Um, We just simply wanted to create a space and a topic to connect over and, um, and God is working through that space and those, those topics. So we've talked about things like comparison and mom guilt and burnout and gratitude and intentionality. And, um, the, the just the depth of relationship and connection has, has grown over these weeks as these women have started to trust each other and really, um, dive into relationship with, an, with one another. And that's been really sweet. So when we, when we started mom life, um, you know, one of the like one of the hopes was really to to provide a space to combat that isolation, like Shannon was talking about that we experience in these early years of parenting. Um, and and it's been beautiful to watch that grow. And yet um, we want more women to have the opportunity to have that experience. And so when you're, A mom of of young kids, it's isolating on one level. Um, And then there's a a unique challenge or a unique set of obstacles that come along when you're also a mom who has young kids and you work during the day. Um, And so one of the things that we're trusting the Lord for and dreaming about is starting a mom life PM group this spring. Um, and so we are trusting that God would in that also provide um, support and uh, resources women who would be table moms who would um, who are, are moms themselves and would be there to help facilitate discussion and relationships with one another like Leanne has been doing um, child care needs and, and things like that as well so these moms can meet but we're really excited about what we believe that God is doing in this um, this demographic of women in our church but also in our community.
2: That's awesome. Would you thank each of them for sharing uh, with us this morning also? Can I just say, if you know somebody that is in this stage of life, whether they attend Westgate or not, you know, I saw on Facebook a question as we posted uh, pictures and a little testimony about this ministry this week there. uh, Somebody said, hey, do I have to be a member of Westgate to be a part? And the answer is no. If you know people going through this stage of life that would benefit from this community but also from being around a bunch of Christ followers who will encourage them and pour into them, I would encourage you to tell them about this ministry and help them get connected. And uh, as Maggie said, we have a vision of launching uh, this spring into a PM group, an evening group for those who work, single moms. Uh, We would love to have that provided. And so if God would lay on your heart to be a part of that as a table mom, helping out with leadership, whatever that would look like, we would invite you to come and talk to us. We believe God is continuing to move. My hope is that by the time we hit fall of this next year is that we'll see 100 women at least in this ministry with over 30% of them coming from outside of the walls of our church and learning about how they can also have a relationship with Jesus. Uh, Another ministry that we've had reaching our community that uh, I just wanna touch on briefly this morning Uh, that is a beautiful ministry is called Grief Share. Uh, We partnered with another church to launch Grief Share here at Westgate. Another church had started it but they needed a facility to host it and we had wanted to start one so we came together and have uh, I believe had a couple of uh, uh, different groups that we have done with that Pastor Randy has been leading that and it has been a powerful ministry to meet people in one of the hardest moments of their life I'd encourage you if you know people who would benefit from being a part of a ministry where they can wrestle with the seasons of grief that they have been walking through, but also have loving people who would understand, but also pour into them and point them to Jesus. This is a fantastic ministry. I'd love you to watch just a short video to learn a little bit more about it.
8: I was angry at God for letting this happen.
1: My me-focused life was shattered. I was afraid I was going crazy.
8: Exhausted from trying to hold it all in
5: and act like I was okay. I felt completely lost. Resentful that life was going on like normal for everyone else.
2: I was lonely, scared of my new normal.
8: I lost my husband suddenly and we had
9: three young children.
2: I lost four family members in six weeks. A
9: miscarriage halfway through my pregnancy several friends in high school, and more recently my father
4: to heart failure. And I got the phone call that my mom had taken her life. And I just um, will never forget that moment um, in time. Everything just froze. I really felt like
8: things were in control and I had a good handle on everything. I quickly learned that I wasn't in control of anything.
2: My head was in a fog. I didn't know where I was.
8: It
10: was so completely opposite of everything that I knew and trusted and loved about God. I couldn't find that hope. I didn't feel that closeness with the Lord.
1: Why have you chosen to take my brother who loved you so much.
10: When I started the Grief Recovery Program, I really didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be the girl who needed to go to something like this, and I didn't want to share my pain and cry in front of others.
2: I was made to feel so at ease that I could express myself and get it off my chest. That what I
11: experienced was common with other people. And man, that was freeing. It
3: was so freeing to find out that I wasn't just crazy.
2: The freedom to to forgive my parents for not being around, as silly as that sounds.
3: I used to
11: think that time would heal wounds, and time doesn't heal wounds.
9: Grief never really goes away, but it can be turned into something different, and
8: that something different can be hope. Because now I have tools to work through it and to go to the Lord immediately and lean on Him.
1: Jesus tells us there's going to be many troubles in this world, but to take heart. I have overcome the world. I can take the next step.
3: I can do the next thing.
1: I was relying on myself, the power of one, instead of relying on the power of the one that I could find true recovery in.
12: Through grief recovery, I found that it's not so much about death, but it's about life.
2: Amen. And I just encourage you, if you know somebody... In your life that would benefit from a ministry like that, come and talk with myself or Pastor Randy. We would love to connect them with this uh, really, really awesome community. Lastly, uh, as we think about where God has been leading and calling us, we're going to talk a little bit about the area of missions. And, uh, you know, last week we uh, commissioned a couple short-term trips. Uh, I believe our Costa Rica team got off yesterday. They were flying Spirit Air, so we're trusting they got there. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. Uh, and trust me that is not holy spirit air i'm just want to be clear okay so but it is it is spirit air they i believe they have arrived and uh, we're praying for them but you know the one of the passions we have had is that god would continue to use this church as a sending church and that we would continue to raise up leaders that would go out into the mission field to share the good news of jesus And I shared just briefly with you guys last week about uh, Paul and Lydia Ericks and God's call on their life. And uh, in three short days from now, they are packing up their life and their family and moving to Germany uh, to serve the Lord overseas, which um, my heart aches over losing you. And at the same time, I celebrate what God is doing. And uh, I want to ask you guys maybe just to share with us a little bit as we prepare to send you... uh, I want you to share with us so that we can be very knowledgeable not only about what you're doing but how we can be praying and supporting you as you go and so uh as i shared last week while uh mission has been something that is normal to you guys you've always kind of considered that this could be a possibility in your life you've also been living here in toledo growing a family with kids having day jobs and yet now, three days from now, you'll be on, your pl- on a plane with your kids to be international workers at Black Forest Academy in Germany. And could you share with us a little bit just of that journey and of, of how God has been moving you towards this place in your life?
11: Yes. Yeah, so uh, I would love to. About We're going to roll it back a couple of years. A couple of years ago, Westgate Chapel sent a small group or a small missions team to Northeast Germany to lead a field forum for the current missionaries that were on the field there. They came back and they hosted a debrief here at Westgate and they invited the whole congregation. Lydia and I being mission minded said, yeah, let's go. Why wouldn't we? Right? Like hopefully many of you think. Um, and so we went and during that debrief, we had the opportunity to hear from the carries about how they were interested in having uh, family interns come and spend time with them up in Bahrain. Lydia and I walked out of that meeting and said, that's really cool. That's something we should consider, think about, and pray about. So we did. Fast forward a couple months. Carrie's come home on home assignment last year, and we really had the opportunity to dive in with them about what they were looking for in this internship uh, for a family. And so Lydia and I decided, yeah, this is something we want to do after talking with them. And we signed up, more or less. So Some of you are probably thinking, great, these guys come up here, how do you take a family internship for three months? Like Rob said, you have a family here, you have jobs, you have community, you have relationships, responsibilities, right? So at the time, Lydia and I were super fortunate. We worked for companies that told us that we could take a leave and then just come right back to work in three months, which was really great. And so we signed up, we're excited to go on this, and about two weeks before we leave, both of our companies come back and say, yeah, you, you cannot uh, actually continue working here. And so what I've been telling people is it's almost like God duped us into this experience. Not in a bad way, <laughs> but in my own lack of faith, honestly, I don't know if I would have taken on that endeavor if it knew that we had to trust God that wholeheartedly at that point, right? And so it's been really cool to see God kind of continually to show up, continue to show up one step at a time as we're taking baby steps on this journey. So we went on this three-month internship to Bahrain, Um and through many conversations with a lot of you, through conversations with local Germans in Bahrain, with the missions team, um, we decided that this is something we want to do. It wasn't some big um we didn't experience some big call to this it came from many conversations um throughout i even lydia and i were talking the other day um some of the conversations mike was just up here i remember distinctively in costa rica mike's wife jen went with us and we were outside talking one evening just debriefing on how our day went and jen came up to us and said hey I don't know why, but I feel like God is telling me I need to come out and talk to you guys and say, you should consider missions. And this is something you should look into. We had similar conversations with uh, Ben and Sarah Carey. Sarah said something along the lines of, you could go back to Westgate and continue to give and mobilize and encourage and grow the missions there. And that would be great and helpful. But also you could go. And you could mobilize, and it would be a shame if someone as passionate as you guys wouldn't take on that opportunity. So for us, it's been a lot of just simple conversations and one baby step at a time leaning into God. And Jesus does what he does, and he shows up. And it's been a a wonderful pleasure to be a part of it.
2: That's cool, and uh, you guys are going to be dorm parents watching over a whole lot of teenage girls in a dorm in uh, Black Forest Academy, but we don't all have context for what that looks like, and so Lydia, could you share with us a little bit of what are you guys going to be doing as dorm parents, but also why is this such an essential part of international missions?
10: Yeah, absolutely. So we'll have 16 dorm daughters uh, who come from all over the world and stay in a house, in a dorm with us. And we care for their physical, emotional, mental, spiritual needs. So everything from fixing meals to making sure they get to school on time to helping with homework to making sure they call or text their parents once a week and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, To Bible studies and uh, fun game nights and outings and, and really our job is to build relationships with them and and show them how much we're excited to be there with them but ultimately to show them how much god loves them and wants a relationship with them and they'll come from a a, you know a varying degree of backgrounds because they're not with their actual parents they're in a dorm with us in high school um which leads me to why is an international school a boarding school important we know that education is not the same around the world. Some high school ends at eighth grade, some at 10th grade. Um, and so the idea of education, especially for international worker families, is how can we provide our kids with the best possible education? Um, and so a school like Black Forest provides an international degree. So kids can consider going to college wherever they want. They can be prepared to go out into the world. Um, and so that's a really big uh, boon um, of why Black Forest exists, so that parents who are great parents and love their kids desperately can provide them with a great education and continue their ministry in the field that they're working in. We've talked with the Carries and the Bergevans um, about how much Black Forest has blessed their family and their ministries, and it's really cool that we get to be a part of that and kind of be in the background of supporting their ministries as well. And then the other thing that we're really passionate about in why Black Forest and International School is is so cool is this idea of third culture kid. And I explain that is. You've grown up in uh, Sylvania or Toledo all of your life. You can walk into a room and you feel commonality with everyone else there because you've grown up in the same area. Um, but now imagine you were born and uh, started growing up in Sylvania and then you move across the world to India and you don't fit in the culture there because that's not where you began. But then you also come back here and you don't necessarily fit either because you've been growing up in India and so they're they're stuck in this unique culture um and community and so what bfa does is allows and builds this community for those international worker kids those third culture kids to walk into a room and say oh you all get me you understand what my life is like because you live a similar life and it's really cool that we get to be a part of that and and shepherd them um, and show them the love of christ
2: Now, you guys, as you leave here in just three short days, could you share with us just some of the ways that we can be praying for you? Uh, But also, what are some of the needs that you guys have as you're preparing to go as well?
11: Yeah, so it is three short days. Um, Everything has been super crunched for us on this really accelerated timeline. Um, But God's kind of shown up in some really cool ways. So we have a lot of tangible prayer requests, but we also don't want to skip over those praises. So One big praise is we have our launch fund fully met, which has been remarkable. It's been really cool to see friends, family, community show up and and support us in that way. We still need about $1,000 for monthly givers um, to continue through our ministry there. Uh, So that's a big tangible need. Um we are praying for good quality renters in our home um, so we can have someone step into that place and utilize that home and feel at home, but we can get good renters in there um, is is another big prayer request for us. But then also as Lydia and I step into this ministry, that we can go well. Like I said, everything's been a, a short whirlwind, that we can go well, well rested. Um our boys can feel at home, can acclimate quickly. Um, and then the, that these girls, these 16 students that we are going to come in and be dorm parents of, that, they, um, that we can build relationships with them uh, well quickly and we can kind of integrate into doing ministry well there. That is
2: great. Would you thank Paul and Lydia for sharing with us this morning? And uh, in just a few moments, we're going to commission them together as a church and pray over them. But before we do, I just want to challenge you guys. We're going to sing a song of worship in response to the Lord this morning. But what I want to challenge you with is this, as we come and finish and close out this series together. I want to challenge you and encourage you to continually as God's church to be going deeper in your relationship with him, surrendering your heart to him, making sure that you're not living in this world and in this Christian life with a divided heart, but a heart that places him first in all things and then says, God, how would you invite me in to be a part of what you're doing, because God has not just called you to salvation, but he has called you to partner with him in his kingdom work throughout this world. And when we surrender our hearts and our lives to him, the things that we have been seeing, the things that we're celebrating, when you walk out today and go to the luncheon, you're gonna get one of these cool brochures of the annual report, and inside of it are stories and numbers that tell a story, not of what Westgate has done, what god has done as his people have surrendered their hearts to him and so my challenge to you this morning is this dream big dreams take your eyes off of all of the other things and other issues that can keep us from seeing god's best for our life and fixate your eyes on him and believe that whatever he calls you to he will accomplish because he will give you every single thing that you need god would you please pour this deeply within our hearts. Would you continually be building our faith and our trust in you? That Lord, our hearts would not be divided, but our hearts would be solely for you in this world. That you would be the center place of our lives and that from that God, that we would seek to align our priorities to yours. And that, God, in the midst of that, of trusting you, that you would continue to do great and incredible things through us as we grow deeper in relationship with you and with each other, as we share our faith. And, God, you move in people's lives as they surrender their hearts to you. And I pray, God, that you would continue to give us collectively incredible influence in the lives of people that don't know you in our personal circles, but also all throughout our community and to the ends of the earth. And we pray, God, that in that you would receive glory. In Jesus' name amen. As we sing this last song of worship together, we're going to take our morning offering, and so if you're here in the middle aisles, we'd ask you to pass that out uh, to the sides as we collect our offering, but also I'd invite you to stand with us as we worship the Lord together.
12: The storm that surrounds me With just one word The darkness has to retreat With just one touch I feel the presence of heaven With just one touch My eyes are open to see my heart can't help but believe There's nothing that our God can't do There's not a mountain that He can't move Oh, praise the name that makes a way There's nothing that our God can't do With just one word You hear what's broken inside just one word and you revive every dream with just one touch I feel the power of hell with just one touch my eyes are open to see my heart can't help but believe there's nothing that I There's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise. there's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe for greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. Let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like His power. There's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a mountain there. Oh, praise the name that makes a way there's nothing that our god
2: Lydia, I'd invite any elders here and staff to come up. We're going to commission them together and pray over them this morning. Uh, and so uh, three days, guys, three days, we are sending you out, and uh, we are excited to see all that God is going to do in and through you as you surrender your heart. We're going to miss you incredibly, Likewise. but we are so pumped to see how God is going to move and work through your lives to impact these these kids. And. Black Forest Academy, Elders, let's lay hands. Julianne, would you start and lead us in prayer, and extend your hand in prayer over them as well.
13: God, you're the big deal in this story. We thank you for the story that you have been writing in Paul and Lydia's lives. Really, it's a legacy story of families and um, and their family and prayers upon prayers that go beyond our understanding. But you're the big deal in this story, God. And as we send them today we know that you are the big deal and you're going to carry them through we thank you god we thank you god for the ways that they have said yes to you with um every area of their life they've been open-handed with jobs and their um, home their families the ways they serve here as an elder and deacon and a want teacher and prayer team and all these ways God they've just said yes to you and we've seen the story you're writing and we're excited we're excited to send them today Um, we the church are their senders and show us God what it looks like to lay hands on them and send them out as we see in Acts 13 we see Paul and Barnabas get sent out fasting and praying and laying of hands and sending our people out so God show us Westgate what it looks like to be the sender's to lift them up in prayer, to encourage them from afar, to check in on them, to uh, send letters and FaceTime and whatever they they may need. Show us, God, how to send them all finances, referrals for renters, God. We are their people. Show us how to be a sending church and to care for them well. And as they are our goers, as Paul and Lydia... Uh, jump on this plane for the next five months, and then a four-year term. God, um, show them how to walk well with you. Keep them united in marriage, and with Noah and Calvin, and um, these, this new family they're starting, and their family back home that they're leaving behind. It's a beautiful picture, God, of the church in action, and it's an honor to be part of it. So we do pray blessing over each part of of the of the journey. Um, As they settle in, I pray over um, their trip to Basel and being picked up by RAs and meeting the girls. I pray over Noah and Calvin as they start school this week um, in German schools. Just pray blessing over them. Um, I pray for your grace to be so, so present in each interaction and may their bodies stay healthy and uh, again, keep you as the big deal, which is what they said yes to. So we thank you, God, for this opportunity to be the sending church. And we thank you, God, for Paul and Lydia and that we can grow from their faith. And may we just continue to walk with them.
2: And, Lord, there is no better place for us than to be in the center of your will. And I thank you for how you have given us a window into the journey that you've taken Paul and Lydia on to be able to see how you have moved them to a place of moving outside of what is comfortable to saying, Lord, I will do whatever it takes to follow you wherever you lead. And Father, we are praying and asking together as a church family that you, Father, through the power of your Holy Spirit would give them everything they need to do the things that you have called them to do. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with the patience and the love that is necessary to care for these girls well. I pray, Father, that you would give them wisdom to guide them, especially as they guide them in their relationship with you. God, I pray that you would give them incredible influence as well with other people in that community that don't know you. And that, Father, you would use them mightily, uh, Father, for the purposes that you have laid out. Uh, Lord, most of all, we commission them to you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we send them out knowing and believing that you will do great things. And we ask, God, that you and your son, Jesus Christ, would receive all the glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, church family, yeah, please. Uh, God is good. God is good. As we close our service this morning. If there are any prayer needs that you have, our prayer team will be here in the front for you to pray with. But I would also invite you to come and join us for our free luncheon over in the gymnasium. Uh, Whether you have signed up or not, regular tender member, you are welcome to come and join us as we uh, celebrate together. On your way out, be sure to grab one of these, uh, one per family of our annual report. You can also get it on your way into the gymnasium. But church family, I look forward to continuing to celebrating with you in just a few minutes in our gym. God bless you. Have a great week.